Hi, Danielle. Hey, Casey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What a week. What a week. So much happens. I'm, I know it's Thursday and Friday by the time everybody gets this, but I've lived a life, man. I have too. I found this week to be, you know, you know, it was my birthday week, but it sure was. aside from that, quite depressing week. I'm so fucking, I'm just, I, I can't stop myself, Danielle. So fucking disgusted by Kanye West. And as you all may know, I, I have discussed his music in the past mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm Dian. Uh, the White Lives Matter shirt pushed me over the edge. And then, mm-hmm. and what he said about DEFCON 3 on the Jewish people is so fucking disturbing. Like it, it's so disturbing and he has how many, 30 million followers. It's so interesting because it's like the, the amount of Jewish people in the world is half of that. So for like the world's biggest rapper to be saying this, who has so many followers and kind of what came from there, I was so depressed. I was also so upset. So many of our friends, so many people I know did nothing to post. And I, I'm just saying that I, I was disappointed. I'm like, there is just a sense that there's something more normalized about anti-Semitism. And I believe that to be a fact. And it really disappointed me. Now, as the week went on, I certainly felt as though, yeah. which I appreciated more people were speaking up, contracts, he was losing contracts and stuff. There is just something so dark about someone with that much, I don't want to say power, but like that many followers to threaten physically. It's the most disturbing thing I've ever heard. Final thing, Danielle, I'm sorry I'm yelling. No. But I was reminded of a friend of mine whose grandmother was in the Holocaust. Now, again, this is someone our age. The Holocaust happened quite recently in terms of history. And his grandmother always said that right before everything happened, and this was in Poland, I think, she's like, everything was so normal. We had a nice house. We went to dinner with friends. Life was quite normal. It wasn't this like shocking slide. You know, it felt Mm -hmm. quite shocking. And I guess sometimes I'm like, history has repeated itself with the Jewish people over and over and over again. So yeah, I do have a problem when there's not an uprising when this type of thing is said. And then I, it's just unbelievable. This was not that long ago. Like it's a very scary thing that has happened many, many, many times. And so I was just so depressed to see that. And I just had to say that. Yeah. So I mean, upsetting. As a Jewish person myself, um, Oh, I'm going to get emotional. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I feel please. very emotional about that. Just you saying that because it's, you know, it is you, at least me growing up, I, I don't remember not knowing about the Holocaust and not knowing about anti-Semitism. It is, you you hear about it very early, I think, because there is that fear that it will happen again. You know, like we say never again. Um, but there is that fear in all of us. I, I don't remember not having that fear. I'm going to tell you that. I don't remember. And I sometimes joke with our friends, you know, I do this, which is just like, I, anytime I make friends, I, I wonder, like, I joke that who would hide me? And it's a joke, but it's not a joke. Because it's something that, you know, it's in our DNA now as Jewish people, you know, trauma follows. It, it's in your DNA. And so it is scary, it's scary and it's, yeah, it's, it's in us. And, and yeah, there's a part of us that's like, yeah, of course there's anti-Semitism. I, we see it all the time. You see it on the internet, you see it everywhere, you know, and you know it. And then, and then it hits you like a, you, you think you're like used to it. And then it hits you like a, a ton of bricks again, you know? Um, and so it's not okay. And it is, it's terrifying. And it's, you're, it, it's, 
it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you, you, you just go around and you live your life and, but it is, um, it's hard when somebody that you, you know, listen to their music and has such a huge, huge impact, impact says, you know, something like that. You're just like, God damn it. It's so, and also spreading stuff that I've heard before. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even like new anti-Semitism. It's so old. It's so like- You want him to at least have a twist. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, this old bullshit that's like this small, small group of people and you make them seem more powerful and that they are, so then everybody, so it seems like punching up and all that. You know, it's like, it's just, I don't know. I, don't, I can't be articulate about it because I'm too emotional about it. And all of this stuff, um, racism, anti-Semitism, all of that, it's never okay. It's never okay. And um, and we're in this together. We're in this life together. Um, Absolutely. So not to get so deep and dark at the no, beginning I, of this, but... But that's been the week that we've had. And I think you and I have always tried to to, to speak our minds with, with what we're feeling and and I'm sorry that this is happening, Danielle. And I'm yeah. sorry for all of us. I'm sorry for all of us. It's world. not, it's all yeah, of exactly. us. Exactly. I didn't mean it like to think yeah. we got it. It's more mean like, ugh. Um, so. But Danielle, if you'll permit me. <laughs> you know I will. Well, I, you know where I'm going because we had to treat ourselves to a bomb in light of this week. Yeah, I, you had a great suggestion. It was your birthday, and you said we need to do something that we've never, that we haven't done in years. Years. And I don't think anything has felt so good. And I, I'm not trying to jarringly switch away from that topic, but I find these two things related because we have the darkness over here. Mm -hmm. And then we did drag ourselves into the light. We and that did. was by going eight friends strong on a Monday afternoon at 1.50 to the Chinese Man Theater in Hollywood and seeing tickets to paradise. What a bomb. K Casey, when I say that it was like, just, I, it was just a romantic comedy with two superstars. Super fucking stars. Who they don't still, make them like that anymore. They, and they still got it, baby. Julia Roberts, George Clooney, they have sex appeal. They have comedy chops. They give us pathos. pathos? I cried nearly six to seven times. That is not an exaggeration. I and laughed. June yelled out in the theater as loud as she could, love it in the age. <laughs> At points, we were dancing. We were clapping. We were laughing. George Clooney, give him an Academy Award for it, please. I, mean... I, 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 I don't need George's work with humanitarian efforts. I don't need him directing. No. I need him doing movies like this. Why do these celebrities refuse to give us what we want from them? I don't need to see your serious bullshit. Get out there, fucking trip over your feet and, and get you drunk and not realize if you slept with someone the night before. Give me hijinks. Give me dancing to a great song from the 1990s. Give it to me. Give me, oh, and they, mwah, mwah, mwah. they knew what they, they knew what I wanted. Ooh, at the end, they gave just a little opry with uh, some bloopers, some bloopers. Oh, oh yes. the bloopers. They have so much fun together. I was like, look at them cutting up. They were, they were cutting up all over. It was a blast. What, it looked gorgeous too. So the director did, as you know, my other two favorite films, <laughs> Mamma Mia 1 and Mamma Mia 2. Here yes, we go Yes, also that's well, what you're Well, here he went again with mm -hmm. this one because look, uh, are some of the lines give you a little like, ooh, feeling sure. However. Do they use the trope, tell, don't show? 
Yeah, sure. Oh, we get a lot of backstory oh, yeah. and words and showing us nothing. And some of the characters, you know, they're going to make some lines sing that you would be surprised at. But God bless it because you don't give a fuck. No, you don't. He makes these movies look so gorgeous. We're in Bali. Everything looks so gorgeous. I actually thought the script was actually pretty, really, really funny too. Yes. And and then you're crying a bunch too. He has such an emotional director. It can be cheesy, but it's like emotional. It's so much fun, that movie. It was a blast. And to see it midday in an empty theater. I mean, Decadent. guys, Decadent. it was a joy to behold. I had the most fun of my life. I laughed. I it's cried. It's the best performances I've seen either of them give. Certainly George Clooney. Like for real. It's a dropped in performance. Oh, yes. And I want to give a shout out because I have never seen Julia Roberts in more utility jumpsuits. We okay. saw her. Everything was a, a romper of sorts. Just jumpsuit. Some romper. were longer shorts. Some were shorter shorts. But always buttoned up to the top. I want to see more of her body. Yeah, I'd like to see her body. She but looks so great. Yeah. I mean, it was... God, both of them look luminous, but they also don't look too worked on in any way. Like, they looked age-appropriate. Like, they just looked... It's her hair. Perfect. Oh, my God. Her hair gives a performance that deserves yeah, all an award. And that's my own. Oh, million watts. want to see that million-dollar smile. And when he looks at, let's face it, me. When he, George Clooney, looks at me with that pup, those puppy dog eyes and that salt and pepper hair. Woo! 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 <laughs> makes your carrots melt away. Oh, yeah. Guys. You know, if Cool Up yelled, when they die, there will be no movie stars. There won't. They're the last of the, the last of the last. That's the last right. of a dying breed. And guys, let's keep them along. Let's, let's get, let's freeze them in time. I love them. I love them so much. I love this movie. Wow. I need tickets to paradise part two. Wow. Buy yourself a ticket to paradise. That's just a little tip from, from us to you. It's so good. And one more thing I'd like you to buy a ticket to if I may be so bold, is guys, we have our Halloween show next week. Yay! <gasps> I'm so excited. Andy Cohen is the guest. Ugh, guys, it's November 3rd. We're talking 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, 8.30 Eastern time. Settle in, have some drinks. And even if you can't log on just then, it'll be around for another week. We're going to have costumes. Don't forget. And also, if you're entering the costume contest, um, send your costume to bootsonthegroundbs at gmail.com and send the title of your costume in the subject line just so we know kind of exactly what your costume is. It's going to be the most fun. We have surprises. We have guests. We have Andy Cohen. We have just a lot of fun, and I'm so excited. Go to loopedlive.com. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. Thursday, November 3rd. You guys, I have been getting together a costume that I think is pretty fantastic. We have a short video to show you. We have so much fun in store. So I can't wait to see you all then. And then the chat. The chat is my favorite thing about these shows. And Casey and I will be in that chat listening to how hilarious and funny you guys are and bonding with you all over our favorite garbage people. We will see you now. Let's take a break and come back with our guest. Danielle, I'm so thrilled to have someone from Vanity Fair, my favorite magazine. As you know, I've been cutting out photos from Vanity Fair on the Hollywood issue. I had them all over my room when I was like 11. Every single Hollywood issue was my wallpaper. I collected the first one. I remember the first one with a cover, SJP, Gwynny, Angela Bassett, Linda Fiorentino. I mean, we're talking names from the ages. This is a big... 
this is not nothing. I mean, I would be giving people the Proust questionnaire as like a 10th grader, just wandering around asking people to fill it out. I'm obsessed. I was obsessed. And so to have someone from this storied magazine here is just so thrilling. And not to mention someone who's a housewives lover and obsessive, just like us. So this is so thrilling. Please welcome Britt Hennemuth. Thank you so much. What an intro. Hi, guys. Hi. It's the real deal. I mean, to have a journalist of your integrity and in your stature. I mean, I'm not joking when I say Vanity Fair is the tip top. Like when you're on the cover of Vanity Fair, I used to subscribe as a teenager to three magazines. You ready for them? (laughs) Ready. Yep. (laughs) Vanity Fair. Time. Premiere. (laughs) (laughs) Premiere? My father. What even is Premiere? You don't remember Premiere Magazine? Oh my God, it was like, and here I am like in South Florida, like nowhere, like so far away from Hollywood. And those were like, I had to keep up with the trades. You did. And look where you are now. You kept up. Now, Britt, first question. Do you think Danielle and I are too old to do a vanity? (laughs) <laughs> do I think you're too old? There's age is but a number. No, let's let's do it. I haven't seen too many older folks on there, Britt. <laughs> Don't you want to know where I get my crisp white shirt? I do, I do. My favorite things. Yeah, no, the vanity is the vanity is yeah is rising talent. So can I qualify you guys as rising? No, you're well established. Let's not Great let's not set yourself back. I, I will say that I can still rise further, like a great piece of dough. <laughs> <laughs> Like the balloon, like Dorinda's husband, Richard, has been as a balloon. Yes, I think. And and Casey, when you were in Vanity Fair last year, you, you know, had a piece published in Vanity Fair. Thank you, Daniel. It was the height of heights. I feel like it was a victory for both of us. I don't know why I'm claiming your victories as my own, but when you were in Vanity Fair last year. My editor, who was so lovely, he basically told me later that I really got in there a little more than he was prepared for. Like at points I was like, show me the drawing of me. And he was like, oh, we don't normally. I'm like, I'd like to see it. Because Danielle, (laughs) there was a cartoon of me and we've had our stumbles with cartoons on the podcast. Many people have drawn Danielle, drawn Danielle to look like Mick Jagger or a messed out Mick Jagger. You come out always looking right as rain. So I don't think you need to worry about that. You know, I, I did say to him, you gotta redraw it. He's like, I didn't draw it. I'm like, whoever did, you gotta get that, <laughs> get that pen out. He goes, well, we don't normally. And then I go, what's the headline? What's the poll? What's the top thing? And he goes, oh, we don't. I go, send it. And he goes, okay, okay. And I said, change it. And you know, so it felt great. But anyway, enough about us Brits. We're going to start with Beverly Hills. Where are you emotionally, physically, sexually, financially? Wow, I'm I'm left raw after last night. I'm I'm yeah. in a puddle on the floor like Kyle Richards. That was that was gutting ultimately. Um, where are you guys? Oof. You know, I had some startling revelations last night. I thought to myself, what everything that is being said about Kathy Hilton right now is true. I don't believe that anything that she that is uttered by any of these women, Lisa Rinna, Erica J, you know, all those, I believe she did what is said that she did. That I believe. I also believe that Lisa Rinna was not shaken, was not abused, was not, you know what I mean? Like, I think she saw this as an opportunity. And I think that those things can be true. And I also had a huge thing last night where I thought, they keep wanting Erica Jane to be someone she is not. They keep giving her an opportunity to be empathetic. 
And she keeps telling them, I will not be. And they keep giving her the benefit of the doubt. And I think that is privilege right there when she is getting, um, which a lot of people don't get. Um, But she is being given that privilege of the benefit of the doubt time and time again, and she is not rising to that occasion. Those are my thoughts. Wow, Danielle. Brett? I mean, I... I'm sort of right there with you. I think my the thing I struggle with Erica Jane is it feels like she's been so legally prepped and it feels like off camera she has told these women time and time again I can't be empathetic. It does feel to me a little bit like it's like I can't be empathetic or else I go down with the ship and they keep bringing it up. Like you mean she's equating empathy or the legal team is equating empathy with guilt? But why can't she say the legal process is happening? If these things were indeed done, which we will find out, I'm absolutely horrified as a bystander as well. I I want that for her. It does feel like there's she's just sort of stuck in some of her rage that comes out occasionally. Okay. Feels like it's like we have talked about this off camera. I cannot go into this. Like like when Andy's like, you want the earrings back, and she's like, we're looking into it. And she keeps, like, with that party line, the kind of legal jargon thing that she keeps coming back to. That was creepy when she kept saying it. Cold as ice. I think Andy hates Erica. That's my... He should. Yeah, he should. (laughs) You're right. You're right. (laughs) As he should. But when he goes, it's not landing. No. Yes. I was like, yes, it ain't landing. It ain't landing at all. And she doesn't care if it lands. She's so wrapped up in, I think what you said is right, but she's so wrapped up in her own rage. She can't get out of it. It, it, She cannot see anything else except that she is the victim in the scenario. Even when people are literally screaming, what about the dead bodies? I liked how Kyle got in there. I liked how she finally was like, you know, we've defended you, we've defended you, we've defended you, but I cannot any longer when you said that you don't care about anyone else but yourself. That needed to be said. But I feel like she keeps affording her that. Like, I don't think that Kyle is done defending her. You know what I'm saying? What I saw in that was Kyle saying, like, we, I can't defend you anymore, but I'm still going to defend you because I'm still being your friend and I am still saying... Like, you don't mean it. You don't mean it. You don't mean it. And Erica keeps saying, yes, I mean it. (laughs) Yeah, I've never seen a friend be crying, literally, like, we've tried to defend you. We've taken hits. Please, just say you care about dead people. And she's like, won't do it. (laughs) It's wild. It's a wild ride. And Dorit, Dorit got in there a bit, too, today. Dorit tries to get in there. I liked how, I, I really liked how they were like, Kathy said, you're an idiot. And she's like, totally. And you guys are sisters and you're going to get through this. Like, it just went right off of her. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was like... (laughs) Yes, and She was like, "Uh uh-huh, I am an uh, idiot who should be kicked off the show. And I hope you two repair this. Like, I really like that she just... I'll help you. Yeah. She was like, it'll make myself useful. And I loved when Kyle was like, please stop talking. (laughs) Wasn't it the best? It was delicious. And then she tried again. But here's my question. Why doesn't Kyle say that to Rinna? Kyle never once says, you stop talking. No, she just says, it's affecting me. But she doesn't say, shut up. Stop it. Where she says to Dorit, shut up. Can I posit something, Danielle? Is the reason that Kyle is not screaming at the top of her lungs, this is my sister, I don't care what she said, shut the fuck up, stop. Because the one thing Rin is holding back is how much Kyle hates Kathy. 
that Kyle has told her all this. Ooh. And Rin is actually going, okay, I got to take Kathy down. That's my job on the show. She said all those horrible things. And then, of course, she made it way too much about herself, but that's Rena. But like, what I will hold on to is, is Kyle's treading that water. I think you're dead on. Wow. Because it's psychotic at this point that, if, that you wouldn't just be like, You've got, I mean, she did say you've got to stop, you've got to stop, but... Some of the best television that's ever happened on this program is the TV dinner from last season. Yeah, sure. When they are in the <laughs> Bel Air living room and they are watching television with TV trays on TV as TV star. There was something so meta and dark and anthropologically beautiful about the weird of L.A. that only in Beverly Hills could this be happening right now. And I go back to that episode time and time again to try to understand these women. And I think it is they both hate each other. And it was in that scene as they're watching the TV and they're pushing around their Waldorf salad that's been like brought in <laughs> up the hill from the Bel Air Hotel or whatever that they, you know, she claims it came from. It was a powerful, powerful scene. And I think it's like, believe what you, you know, what's the, what's the phrase? It's like, show me, I'll be, show me you and I'll believe you later. What's the term? I don't know. <laughs> Believe you time, next time. Yeah, well, something yeah. like that. But it was like, we knew right then and there. When people show you who they are, believe them? Uh-huh, that's the one I was that, looking for. Oh, that's yeah. the one, yeah. okay. Found it. Wow, that was, that was somewhere. And you had the word believe, and uh-huh. I just But thank you, that. thank you, we got there. And I feel like it was that scene as they're treading so lightly, trying to have a polite TV lunch, I guess not even TV dinner, that we are where we are now. Wow, You know, when old friends, like you can have someone that you've had a complete falling out with, but then there will be that weird thing. If you run into them, you'll, you'll fall into a laugh. You know, you could be like, I don't like this person now, but God, we used to have those laughs when we went on in our twenties. That to me was season one of Kyle and Kathy. Like we've fallen, somehow we found ourselves back in a rut that works for us. But now again, we can't keep this train off the, on the tracks. And now we've actually gone even deeper. And here's what I'll say about Kyle. I, I do think, I know a lot of people think many things about her. I think at her core, she's a nice person who wants to try to do well. I think you're right. She hates Kathy. But when they're fighting, Kyle actually takes it to heart and Kathy doesn't. Kathy's always like, well, I'm right. And I think what Kyle wants and Kyle is, I bet you find not speak as long as Kathy can see on some level that Kyle wants them to be better and that it wasn't Kyle's fault or something. Plus, I think Kyle really cares about the kids. Like, because the minute Kathy, like, is like, fuck Kyle, like, I think she gets her kids involved. And I think it becomes about kids and grandkids at that point. And like, who's coming to whose wedding and who's going to be at Christmas dinner? How like, dark was it when Farah's wedding got brought up? Oof. And Kathy goes, well, will, yes, the well, family probably. will be there. Yeah. Oof, that to me was dark. Pitch black. Bone chilling. Pitch black. And when Paris, she's like, and Paris, and Andy was like, Paris did like some things. And then Kyle really lost it. Because it's like, that is dark for like your aunt. I don't know that I'd be jumping in on, well, I wouldn't probably defend anything my father did. But like, you know, I wouldn't be liking comments about my aunt. I don't know. Well, also, when it was pretty dark when Kathy was like, I've been throwing Barbie birthdays for Paris until she was 35. Yeah, I thought that was the dark. I was like... (laughs) That's wrong. Like that just shows that just shows you who you think your daughter is and who you've molded your daughter to be. You've decided she was Barbie and that that's what she still loves, but like do you even really know your daughter? Is what I thought at that moment. 
what about when Kathy walks off? Okay. So my favorite moments were when Kathy is like trying to scoot around that metal like <laughs> object to get onto stage and off. Like when she's kind of pressed up against the wall and kind of shuffling. And she's come off and she's been like, bye, Kyle, and kissed her. And then she's like, her hair and makeup are like, how wasn't she's like nightmare? Yeah. And I was like, that's Kathy. Also, when she like goes in for a hug with Kyle and it's like, let's hug in front of the cameras to be like, oh, I love you. But like, there's nothing in that hug. It's like, why hug at that There was point? more in that crystal geyser plastic water bottle than was in her heart in terms of love for Kyle. <laughs> oh, yeah. That plastic rattly little bottle that she kept grasping for. Also, my two of my favorite things also in this episode. I mean, these women, these Hilton women, these Hilton. Indeed. I mean, there's such it's, it's so dark. It's so deep. It goes so long. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. Fascinated. It's, it's it's a study in sisters. It's a study in money. It's a study in fame. It's a study in Hollywood. Like, it's all of those things for like 50 years. Um but it's also like two of my favorite moments are when Kathy comes in and goes, hi, girls. The fact that she calls them girls. Like, oh, and me? the direct eye contact, like straight in. It was brilliant. Oh, and then brilliant. they're like, hi. They're like on the, like I was like, that shook me. That whole interaction shook me to my core. Like that was. And then also the fact that Paris is commenting and she's like, well, she's very defensive of me. She defends me of her mother. And I think I would say to my children, like, this is between your aunt and I. I don't want you involved because I don't think Kyle does that. I don't think Kyle is saying you should like to like Farah and company, like you should like tweets and things like that about me and your, or, or against your aunt or any of that stuff. Like I would be saying to my daughter personally, like this is between my sister and I, this is between your aunt and I, do not get involved. I want your relationships to be clean with these people, you know? And I think it's, it says a lot that she likes that her daughter is chiming in. Which to me is like, like mother, like daughter, like that points to Kathy. I think Kathy, I think Lisa's a bully and I think Kathy's a bully. Like in a way, I always think on this show, Danielle, we want someone to be right and someone to be wrong. And we right. always want that in life. But I walked away from this one just being like, frankly, they're both gross. And I have seen on Twitter, a lot of people are like, Kyle made this all about herself. I disagree a bit. I have to say, I think it would be incredibly painful. What what I feel like no one was saying is, and, and Kyle like got no airtime. It's like, Reminder, she was saying these things about me. What got airtime was like, why was she saying this stuff to Lisa? And like, did she have a breakdown or not? And it's like, I feel like Kyle was kind of gracious being like, I didn't even want to know what she was saying. It's like, there was never Kathy really, I don't know, am I wrong? Being just like, I know she said I was frustrated, but it was so about Rinna and like yes. how Rinna felt. Yeah, I felt like this is not about Rinna and Rinna should take herself out. And, and Garcelle kept saying that. Garcelle was the only one speaking truth to, like, yes. at all, which is like, why this is hurting her. Stop it. Why are you involved? And she's like, well, now I'm going to step back. It's like, it's been three months. You should have never stepped in it. This is, you've made it completely about yourself. It was ridiculous. She was like, and now I, I am done. After I've done three <laughs> rounds of reunions, a million Instagrams, I'm good. 
and ruined a family's relationship forever. Do we think there's rebuilding for Kyle and Lisa? Like, do we think that this... Rebuilding as far as what their relationship? I think their relationship is fine. Kyle and Lisa seem to be right as rain. Like, with each other. With each other, with each other. Yeah, I think Kyle and Lisa are exactly what they are, which is like fake friends who use each other. Got it. So you think next season it's going to be like sunshine kisses rainbows. We're good. Yeah, because I don't think there's anything real. I don't think there's any real trust there, personally. I have heard rumblings that Kyle has finally turned on Rinna and is feeling like this really hurt me. Do I have sources to cite? No. (laughs) More of a energetic feeling. What do you think? What do you think? I don't know. I think that there's, I think that it could be a turn. I think that like she'd be wise to turn. But I also don't, I also believe that like, I don't want the housewives to go away. I'm I'm not interested in this culture of like, so you were unpleasant this season. Oh, you, you need to go away. Like I'm like, expand the Supreme Court, keep all the housewives. And like, <laughs> if you're... <laughs> If you're going to, you know, bring me into someone's basement where I find out that that's where all the money has been spent that Hakuna Matata made, right? Like, and we're in like a speakeasy. I want Camille Grammer in my peripheral. I want the lady with the million dollar sunglasses in my peripheral. And I want them all there. And I, and it's like Lisa was problematic this season. Kathy was problematic. Like, but I want them all there. And I think that like, what I'd like to propose if I, you know, ever get the chance, Jeez. which is, I feel like right this now. This is a chance, honestly. Is <laughs> yeah, like, this is, you're speaking to your audience. Is You just don't get rid of them. You just keep them around. And it's kind of none like, of them. it's kind of, none of them. I, I want. Oh, wow. I, I want Kim. You want like Carlton Gebbia or whatever? Yeah. It's not like you want us to make a fake city like Truman Show and have them all living in different houses where maybe one day they're one of them's a neighbor, but they all have the ability to jump in. Totally. And it's kind of like the Olympics. It's like if you go to that speakeasy party and your <laughs> plot line is interesting enough, then you can have a confessional that episode. But if you're just kind of like eating chips and dip, then like we'll see you next episode. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. But that's. I really like this, Brett. And, and I do think they are so, they do that to some level. Uh, general, you know, it's like in Orange County when, like, Gina Kehoe is, like, wandering the back of a party. If she says something interesting, but it's you know— But quite rare. Right. And it works better in these, like, you know, like, it works like we're kind of seeing this in Salt Lake City where suddenly it's like anyone Heather has in her phone book is on ski day, it seems like. But, <laughs> yeah, that was wild. <laughs> but, like— <laughs> I'm surprised we weren't there, Danielle. It was wild. <laughs> Well, we'll get to Salt Lake, but they're down too many women to me. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So we that feels more. intentional, but I want, you know, I want them all, I want them all there. I want Kim there. I like Asher can keep singing. Like, I, I'm not... <laughs> Even the side characters to people that are off. Yeah. I will say, though, Diana, do you, so do you still want Diana around? Like, Diana, like... He wants them all around you Danielle. Want them all. Maybe Sorry. Diana just wild and yeah. wandering by her sitting atop Asher's piano. Totally. And we, and we never have to hear from her again. She's pro- she's really she really upset me in the reunion. Like she's a, she seems like a pretty despicable person, but that's okay. I, they're all despicable. Right, but that doesn't mean she can't be a background artist. Completely. Yes. Completely. Like <laughs> wow. also I think she's the only one left that can afford to live in Beverly Hills, so I like I I do kind of... Just to keep the name genuine yeah. of the franchise. She's the only one living, actually, in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills. Now, yeah. Someone said one of the reasons, and obviously, like, Garcelle and what all happened after aside, that, like, because Asher... That basically, like, she was on there for Asher to pop. It didn't happen, and then she just, like, gave up. 
I believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I I did I did go through her Instagram. Maybe part what was it? Part one that she had her Zoom experience. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I believe experience. <laughs> it was the experience. She definitely did appear to be a background artist in the reunion. <laughs> she did. She did. <laughs> she did. Um, but it seems like she's decamped to Hawaii. So I don't know. Maybe Has she's. She? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's. But I really like this idea. It's like these are the people in your neighborhood. You yeah, know. Totally. Oh, hey, girl. Like, like, where have you been? Now I'm going to make a reference that I believe I referenced it on this podcast, and no one's going to get this reference. But I'm just going to do it anyway. It's like Tony and Tina's wedding, which yeah. was an off Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> show <laughs> yep, in New York yep. City in the early 2000s where yep. you're sort of like a part of the show experience. You're just walking into conversations. So like they're performing and you get to see what you see, what you're attracted to. Yeah, it's like, like a murder mystery. Yes. Or like maybe <laughs> when Housewives moves to the metaverse, like I could be walking into a door. It's almost like a choose your own. Like I might decide, actually, I'd like to get you know, Paul Nasser Nasser's take on this or totally, whatever. Totally, totally. Right. And, like, and I walk in and he's doing surgery with Terry and I ask a couple <laughs> questions and he's like cut a woman's bazooms open. I want the poster of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to look like a Where's Waldo picture. That is really what I, I want. <laughs> like, I want there to be so many people. It's like, where's my favorite? I can't find And then them. like in the way background, is it like Anderson and Andy walking around too with their kids pushing stroller? Like we're just really like seeing it That's all. Very Yeah, that's very metaverse. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to take it there for sure. But But I hear what you're saying. You really just want your gals. Lisa Vanderpump, Ken Todd, please. The 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 little horses, like we're all. I want them all there. I want Bella Hadid back in the mix. Like I want, you know, I like they all need to just stop by. Like we shouldn't cap this these events these parties at the eight plus or six plus their significant. And here's the thing. Some of you may be sitting there and you may be going, but budgetary reasons. Well, first of all, stop. And second, you know, these <laughs> women would do it for free. If that was the new mandate and it was just like, look, we'll give you a thousand dollars, you know, a day, like what a background artist might make if you walk by. On iTunes, the highest downloaded show is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So there there has to be some, you know, some 199. Just put that towards the get them back on the show fund, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, get them back on this. Kind of like a GoFundMe. Make a wish. Last thing I just want to point out is that on Instagram, Kathy's up to stuff right now. Oh. So courtesy of Maya Supreme on Instagram. So there was a comment that Kathy has liked. Okay. And this is the comment. Basically, Kathy liked the comment. To those saying, why would Kyle let Rinna do this? Understand one thing. She has not let them do it. She is behind them doing it. It's how she operated all along and people aren't seeing it. Rinna attempts to destroy acquaintances. Kyle does the same to her own family and friends. She would do anything for money and social status, whether it's laughing at a 14-year-old black boy getting verbally abused and cheering it on with her husband or destroying her sister Kim at her most vulnerable. There is nothing too low for Kyle Richards. Wow. Kathy reposted this? Kathy liked it. I guess, you know, that's, she didn't write it, but. But still, she liked it. The way that these women conduct themselves in social media as opposed to talking to each other or just like to like that as opposed to like talking to your sister about that, like that's incredible to me. I'm loving the new thing of just like sending a like to that. It's like, you didn't write it, you didn't repost it. Sip of the hat to it. Right. And she can always say, like, 
I I don't know how to work Instagram. I I wrote Rick publicly. Like I don't know. Like I, she she can always fall back on that. Like I didn't. I don't know what I did. Oh my god! Oh, wow! I felt very scared. Last thing I want to say. I, you know, I, I, I grew up in, in, in a household that was at times tumultuous. There was an, a feeling of walking on eggshells. I don't know. And I think maybe I'm over-identifying with Kyle here, but I have felt that feeling that she had when Cassie left, where Kyle was trying to explain to each other, like Dorit was like, you'll be fine, Beba. And <laughs> Kyle's like, you don't understand. I know that person. I know it's over. Where you know someone's frequency is so dark and toxic and you know when other people might not see it, but you know their soul. Like, you know, when you walk in a house and a parent's mad, even if you don't see them, there's just something child, children of trauma, I think can pick up on that. And that's what I felt. Kyle was like trying to desperately express to everyone, like, this is over. And it made me really sad. I felt that child of trauma thing too, and that need to make everything okay right away. Like, I know that in Kyle's child heart, and I'm not, because Kyle did damage here too. Let's not forget, Kyle is a part of this. She is not just a victim of this. She's a part of this. But um, but that trauma of wanting to, like, we can fix it here and then we're going to be okay. And that, like, sort of, like, wanting to believe that's so bad. And what Dorit was saying to her is, like, you're not going to fix it here. So, like, to to for her to go off like that and you to think you're going to fix it here, that's, like, magical thinking. Like, you guys have to fix it amongst yourselves, not on TV. I know. And then when they hit us with Kyle and Kathy have not talked since BravoCon plug. I was like, it sent a chill. Did it send a chill for you guys? And then I don't know if you guys watched that footage of Kathy Hilton and Faye Resnick, like on Beverly Boulevard, like being interviewed by TMZ, right by that Starbucks that I've been in many times, Uh right by that crate and barrel and that little elevator. (laughs) That's Uh like my elevator where I go see my OBGYN. But um, so I'm very familiar with where they are. But like just giving that interview of just, I don't know, Kathy's like, I uh, spoke to her. I said hello to her at uh, BravoCon. Like, just... And then Faye just, like, co-signing it all. Like, where does Faye stand in this? Because I thought oh, Faye was, was that's Kyle's best friend. That's why we need Faye back. That's what, like, yeah. it's like she needs to just be on that couch. Well, because <laughs> Kathy threw a baby shower for Kim's daughter... I think it was. And Kyle was not there, but Kyle's kids were there and Faye was there, just snuggled right on up to Kathy. Mm. Yeah, there's there's like a, it's almost like she wants to be the fourth sister, Faye. In a way that I oh. like, in a way that feels desperate and should be on my screen. Oh, right. If anything, you're just mad about all of this, Brett, because like, you're not seeing it. Right. Yeah, I get it's that. like if a tree falls, that doesn't work for you. No, if a tree, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? But wait, I forgot my boots on the ground journalism from the <gasps> Caribou yes. Club. Yes, please. So I find myself not two days after the Aspen episode airs, sitting foot, standing foot, what's the term? Standing foot. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Stepping foot. Mm-hmm. Cut that. Stepping foot. <laughs> oh, we can't. Please. <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> Stepping foot into the Caribou Club. And I send a, a picture, which, like, as you've learned, my tech skills aren't great. And the picture I sent to Casey was blurry, but it was, like, the best shot I could possibly send of the Caribou Club to be, like— You emailed it. Emailed, yeah. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> Boots yeah. were on the ground. So, <laughs> boots were on the ground. 
And I had this moment where speeches were happening. I was there for a celebration. There was like a, you know, I'm not going to name, thing, drag other people into why I was there, but I was there. And speeches were happening. I had gotten up to use the restroom. I was waiting in this sort of like vestibule scenario. And to paint the picture, like I thought the Caribou Club was going to be like Studio 54. The Caribou Club is like a Ralph Lauren store. It's a lot of tartan. It's very preppy. It's very like worn, lived in, worn in, like just like it looks like there's a lot of antlers. And I'm in this sort of vestibule area with a coat check and reverend. Um, the general manager and some other people leave. And I'm now alone with this person who works there. And the speech is going, the speech is going. And I think, this is my chance. This is my sliding doors moment. <laughs> and I say, were you here the night of Kathy Hilton? And this person wow. looks left. This person looks right. And they say, I was. And I saw everything. <gasps> what? And I, there's applause from the speech ending. And it, again, it was like another choice. Like, do I go back? Do I? And I don't. And I'm like, okay, what happened? And I'm locked in this little room with this person. And they tell me that Kathy was no more drunk than most people. And that a lot of people of a certain age forget about the altitude in Aspen have a couple of drinks, and it hits them sideways. And what they saw was very much that. And they see it all the time, was the term. And that it was a combo of altitude, booze, and clearly some other medication. And and then pointed to the chair that Kathy sat in waiting for the shuttle to pick her up and said that she sat there. And they said that the rudest of all was Lisa Rinna who refused to check her coat and screamed at people. Wow. Whomever this human was, I wish they were the new housewife. (laughs) This is news. Brit, you know, what I had written angrily in my notes is, where the fuck is the sprinter driver? Where the fuck is the DJ? Like, where are you people? Like, abandon your morals. Come on our show. And this might just be just as great. The other thing to add is, this person was telling me about the DJ and uh, he he had read what was out there about that altercation and said that that did not happen. Whoa. Another thing to add, Brit, or the end of this gorgeous story? The end of the boots being on the ground. Your snow boots were firmly planted on that ground. These are Kathy Hilton slippers on the ground. These are her wedge boots sliding (laughs) down that Aspen slope. Wow. You know, because of course what we'd heard is that Kathy had asked him to play Michael Jackson. This is what I had heard. And the DJ said, no, we don't play Michael Jackson here. And that's when Kathy went off and perhaps said some slur of some sort. But it's so interesting because Wow, you're saying that never happened. Now, that's with someone who works there. Now, that person presumably had spoken with the DJ, right? Mm-hmm. But, but also in the reunion last night, having had this information privy to, the, to the, my viewing, um, they say that the terrible words were said just to, you know. Alone to Erica. Alone. Just to yeah. Erica. So, so it, they could have been said and just to Erica. So, because I, I forgot So that. as you guys say, two truths can be true. Yes, we can. That's right. We can live in two truths. 
Wow. And I don't put that behavior past Kathy. No, bit. not... I mean, the, when Erica said that, I was like, I totally believe that she would say that. Totally. It's not excuse. It's terrifying and terrible. And I don't believe she's a good person. And I don't... I do believe she says things like that. I think that what we've seen is she's not... I think she has that, like, baddie aspects to her that we all love and that, like, kooky grandma, flaky kind of thing. But I was thinking, oh my God, that's 80% of Kathy. I think it's 20. And the Kathy that we all thought was the Kathy we were going to see is 80. It's flipped. Mm. Unfortunately. Um, one last thing, Danielle, and then I do want to transition to Garcelle. Someone did some digging for our conversation last week, and it does seem Maurizio follows all the Trumpers. Kyle does not. Kyle follows the opposite uh, political leanings. Interesting. Interesting. A house divided. Mm. Uh-huh. Divided. <laughs> I actually (sighs) wish Kathy and Kyle would never speak again. Wow. I think it in the long run might be more cathartic. Just hear me out. than this back and forth. Because what Kyle was crying saying is like, I don't want to go through this again. So it's like each time it's got to be worse when you think you're better. Don't you think it would just be cleaner and more like emotionally healing to move on in this one life we have on earth? I do think that on some level, people don't change and they are who they are. And at least unless you have a lot of therapy Um, and and really can see your part that you play in things and want to change it. Um, But I, and I also think that some family, just because someone's blood and family, that they still can be detrimental to your health. And sometimes we have to cut those people out of our life. Those three are so tied though. Well, where's Kim in this? I think Kim is team Kathy all the way. Mm-hmm. I think she is on Kathy's side no matter what. And I think that if these women would go off TV, which I do not want them to do, I don't even know that it would help them because I, I, my first thought was like, if they go off TV and like, they have all the money. what They don't need any more money. They don't need any more fame. This is it for them. Like, what more do you need? Fix yourselves. But that's not going to help them. Um, I don't, I, I think cutting them out of each other's lives, they'll, it'll be like a missing limb. And whether, is that mm. limb giving them gangrene? Possibly. Mm. But I, I think that they'll always feel that limb missing. I don't think that they can. Wow. You know, where Kyle does not have the leg to stand on is, of course, history has repeated itself with Rinna, mm-hmm. you know, trying to chase Kim out and Kyle not defending. So now we've got here two sisters this has happened to. Mm-hmm. About Rinna, I felt very disturbed by. First of all, her lips. Now, I know what everyone's thinking. She makes her living on this. We've all known that they're big. This is her lip gloss. It was insane. Enough is enough. She looked like a goddamn bobblehead. Like, I, it made me ill to look at her. Her lips looked pornographic. Pornographic. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Danielle. Call me an old woman. Like, I, I was like, cover up. And also... Looking at her, someone told her or she came up with this idea of like saying nothing says more or like restraint. The way she was acting, so I could be speaking now, but I'm not going to. She Uh was mute for like the entire first half of, they would cut to her and there's her facial expressions. It was so gross. I'm like, just say something or don't. But like, this is such a charade. I wish Andy had gone a little harder on Lisa during the Erica section. Like we just, we just sort of, she just sort of got to ride alongside of her and do this sort of like mime performance. And I needed, I needed words and I needed Andy to bring that out of her. Yeah, like I was pitching Andy going, hey, 
you think it's okay that she's saying this about dead bodies? You know? Yeah. I also wanted him to go in a little further on like, you have done this season after season. Like you t- you like what you did to Denise was insanity. You were such a bully to Denise that it was unwarranted, none of your fucking business. Like, and now you're doing this. Like they're all this. It doesn't like some are deserve, uh, you know, like it could be truth, but none of it feels like, why are you going so hard on these women? They have nothing to do with you. Well, there was this meme that came out today with all the women over all of time that Lisa has done this to and like a word of what she's done to all of them. And she reposted, of course, <laughs> and was like, yeah, I'm the, this. I'm just doing my job. I'm calling out all these women on their BS. And that's the only time I was kind of like, she is sort of like as much as like that is not like at the same time I was like she should have pulled Carla's side privately off cameras and told her about Cassie and then I'm like thank god she didn't (laughs) (laughs) did you see that video that's resurfaced where she's being interviewed and the rumors are out there I guess this is back before she joined and she's on some talk show and she's like you wouldn't want me and she's clearly auditioning like she's 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 either has the part at this point and kind of getting everyone excited or is in consideration. And she's like, you know, I don't stand for BS. I'm going to take them all down. Like Brandy Glanville doesn't stand a chance. Like I've lived in Beverly Hills forever. I know how these women work. Like I don't, blah, blah, blah. And then like the caption's like, this age, like a fine wine. But like she <laughs> she basically had her like mantra from day one and she's lived up to it. Her mission statement. I will say that I love inconsistent. A consideration campaign for housewives. Like, you know how they do it for the Oscars? <laughs> like, consider for like Oscars and Emmys for your consideration. I would like it for housewives. Like, let's consider them for a housewife. Oh my God. Who do you think, who do you think gets best, best actress? This like Well, the People's Choice nominations came out, and you're right, Daniel. I want that, which is like a bunch of very narrow, specific, perfect categories for them. But Garcelle and Kyle for best reality, they were um, and Kenya Moore were nominated. Wow. Which is interesting. It's Garcelle. I think it's Garcelle. Yeah. Garcelle, and and this is a good transition to talk about Garcelle. And I think she was very right when she said, if it had been anybody else's child, if it had been one of your child's children, excuse me, this would have been appalling. Like, you guys would have lost your fucking Minds. And none of them had anything to even respond to that. They were like, well, yeah, yeah. Mm, 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 mm." And I thought she was so right in that if it had been any of your children, you would not have been laughing like that. You would have not, even if you hadn't seen it, you would have not have thought it was funny. And that is how you are so wrong. And they had nothing to say for it. They really didn't. And Andy has come out, which I think was good and in needed and said kind of, you know, apologize for his kind of the role and kind of kind of diverting the topic from part two where he kind of went into the like recycling of it all. Yeah, that was a, a an interesting thought. Yeah, like, and I kind was of like, went what? there and then kind of kept it there and didn't head back to kind of the real topic at hand, which is like what 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 they were had been doing to Garcelle and her family. Like it was it was, you know, he hit the wrong note there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, how it went into recycling, as opposed to, like, this is something she worked very hard on, her book. And I thought that, again, I know we talked about this last week, but, like, the fact that Rinna threw it in the garbage because it had mentioned her daughter, because it was something that they literally talked about in the episode. It wasn't new information about her daughter. It wasn't a a new accusation. It wasn't really—it was about the conversation they had had on the show— 
felt so, to me, like really grasping for straws on Rinna's part. And that's another reason why Rinna is disgusting. Now, Britt, over at Vanity Fair, are all the Beverly Hills gals trying to, trying to get places? Getting that mag? No, I, uh, no, I've, I've met Kathy. Um, I've met Kathy. She, uh, has been around. Um, <laughs> um, That's for sure. Yeah, she's been around. Um, I've, uh, she was at a party recently, and I mean, I don't know her, but there was a colleague who maybe loves the house wives more than me, Kate. And it was in this moment that I, something like kind of the confidence that it took to ask the person working at the Caribou Club. I was like, Kathy, you remember Kate. They don't know each other, but I just sort of did it to see what could happen. And Kate and Kathy was like, oh my God, of course, Kate, you look fabulous. Like moved on, like the Hollywood hello. And that was enough for me. What a gorgeous way to set your friend up. Because you knew Kathy would go with it. Kathy doesn't remember anyone. So no. it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. What a gift you gave in that moment. She's like, you're beautiful. And kept going. That's <laughs> perfect. She's like, do a conga. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, no, I've, I, doors are not being knocked down here at Vanity Fair by these gals. Um, it might not be coming across your door. I was going to say, I can't believe Arena isn't just standing outside there every day waiting to get in. Like just. But like a red and white striped parasol and an old, like, 50-style bathing suit trying to get on vanity. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. No, the only, I mean, I mean, really, the only, I mean, Garcelle deserves it. And that's about it. I'd love to see her in a vanities. <laughs> Thank you. I'd love, I mean, when Garcelle comes on screen, it's just, I mean, Rick Hilton said it. He's like, oh, you're going to film the Garcelle show. Remember that? That was a no. great, that was a great chestnut. Kathy came to some party and she's like, Rick asked me if I'm on my way to film the Garcelle show, <laughs> which I loved. And I couldn't agree more. I don't know anything about Rick, but I agree with him there. I, I, I never want to meet Rick. Rick just seems like, yeah, Rick just seems like the corpse. Yeah, he really and does. A last thing, the one thing that does kind of, about all of it's kind of funny is I, I love that at no point Lisa was like, and then Kathy said this about you, Garcelle, because I think Kathy really likes Garcelle. Like, yeah. she's always going over to Garcelle to be like, toothless, yeah. can you believe that? <laughs> like, for whatever reason, Garcelle's been like a very nice landing place for Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of was like, even in her moment of like horror, she's like, no, I like her. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bad to say about her. You can't say anything. But- I also loved how uh, Sutton was like, I don't, it does, I don't care. When they when they were like they think you should be off the show, she's like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> Sutton has been a place to relax lately. Like I feel like Sutton, like Sutton got beat up this season. That is for fucking sure. But Sutton is just breezy as all fuck. <laughs> Something that also caught my eye at the eleventh hour was when Lisa was really gesticulating and the Kabbalah bracelet was like going in the wind and like amidst this look of the leopard and the diamonds and the lips and, and the, the wig and the cross. There's the Kabbalah thing still. Like, mm. didn't that, I don't know. I, I was like, are we still doing that? Yeah. I thought that was like. Is Lisa still doing that? Well, Lisa and Kyle met through Kabbalah class. That will always stay in my mind. Oh, I didn't realize that. Sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> Rewind the tapes. Maybe that's why they're wow. staying together so close because their religion knits them together. Maybe. It's a little bit like Heather Gay, like how Heather Gay kind of makes excuses for everyone because she's learned Mormonism. Like, we have to forgive. Like, 
they called me a manatee. We have to forgive. Like maybe there's the Kabbalah thing where it's like, you're coming after my sister. We have to forgive. Right. Their, their connection maybe was in cause on a spiritual plane. It's not here. Yeah. Drama continues. The post continues. The liking of tweets from random people. Like, I like how that, that Kathy Hilton, like, who whoever posted this thing, like, how did it get to Kathy Hilton's eyes? You know what I mean? Because she's not a person that's well-versed in the Twitter sphere, in the Instagram world. You know what I'm saying? So that the fact that these tweets about her are getting to her, are they coming from a press agent? Like, wh- are they a Google alert? Like, I'm just curious. Speaking of press agent, now, can someone confirm this? I heard that this week, Erica's and Lisa Rinna's publicist fired them both. Could that be real? I saw that. I thought Lisa Rinna fired her publicist. Who fired who? I did see that headline. I didn't read past the headline. So I cannot confirm it. <laughs> and, and nobody needs to. <laughs> no, that's all me. Somebody got fired. Yeah. Somebody fired who? And that's important. But a chapter has ended, but it's never really over. We're constantly getting, you know, you know, just reports from from the battlefields, which is important. What do you guys, like, I know there's so much conversation about a shakeup for next season. I mean, ignoring my dreams and hopes for this sort of meta franchise. Like, who do you think survives? Who do you think? I I feel like the meta franchise is where I want it to go now. I, like, I, I want them all. they will take Lisa Rinna off and keep Erica. You think they'll pause her? She'll be on pause? Yeah, I do. Interesting. I think Andy's done with her. That's the sense I get. Wow. And does I that mean that Kathy comes back? I don't think Kathy's going to come back. Because um, she said she won't come back if Erica or Rinna there. I think Erica will stay. She's got a lot more like legal stuff that's playing out. I think it'll be interesting to see where Erica lands without Rinna. Have you ever seen a less emotional friendship than between Erica and Rinna? When Rinna t- patted her hand to be like, I'm there for you, it was such a cold fish. Oh. Rinna's the least warm human. I find Erica to be much warmer than Rinna. And they're both cold as ice. Cold as ice. Erica always gives a good performance at the reunion. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's where her best work is. It's sloppy all season, and then she ties it up in a bow at the end. Like, she's saying things I disagree with, but it's like, she is like the girl from the dance studio. Like, that, you know, like, she's hitting her (laughs) marks. She's, you know, like... The girl from the dance studio. Like, she's back to her roots, you know? Like, it's like... (laughs) She's very um, Jenna from 30 Rock to me. You know, like, that's like, it's like, it's like she's that character living the truth. Well, let's bid adieu to these ladies and say hello to Potomac, shall we? Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're back. Apologies, guys. This week, Potomac and Salt Lake are just going to have to be shorter. There was just too much. Where are we with Potomac, guys? You know, I love when they break the fourth wall. Those always feel like important moments to me because they happen so rarely. So the fact that Candace, you know, we we started with it last week, but we got back into Eric. Let me talk to Eric. I Now I need to, you know, I'm glad I got to see Eric from behind. That oh. Was, oh. And then when she yelled, you can use all this fourth wall. I want it in. Yes. I want it all in there. It was heaven. Like that to me was like, I got chills. I have chills now repeating it. Like I love when an uncontrolled moment, you know what I mean? Like, and that. It was like Candace was completely uncontrolled, but she also always can maintain control. It's both. That's what I kind of really respect about Candace. Kind of like what you're saying about Erica. She'll hit those marks though. She's angry, she's pissed, but she's going to give us a moment. Uh And then in testimonial, when they got to her and she said, not today, Satan, not today, Nick. 
Not today, ankles. <laughs> I don't have it. When she said not today, ankles, we don't have it. I got up and applauded. Like, yeah. like, that was a speech for the ages. Not today, Satan. Not Satan today, neck. neck. Ankles, Ankle. my God. Like, that's beautiful. That is, like, I wish I could write that well. I can't. We can't. It was beautiful. It was perfect. It's, I wish I had those Do you words. wish you had that kind of staff writing at Vanity Fair? <laughs> I, <do. right>? I mean, <laughs> Would it make it through fact-checking? Unclear. But yes, yes, I do. Wow, it's so just like, she's a star to me. She's Candace a, she's is a star. A star. And I'm loving her confessional looks. Like now we're sort of in like a Grace Jones head thing. Like it's, I'm loving where it's going. It's like she's paying respect to sort of all of her musical heroes with each confessional look. Like yeah. she's just. She's giving an homage. Yeah, to, yeah A plus for effort across the board. Also, Eric, you know, the producer, I want to go back to Eric. He said to her, I don't control what they say or do any more than I control what you say or do. And that hit her. She was like... Yeah, he's basically like, because you're crazy. (laughs) He was just like, I can't control them. You think I can control them? I can't control you. What are you talking about? Yeah, Eric is a hero. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Because I know that. That's not an easy job, Eric. produce. And I did feel I did feel the producer was kind of baiting Wendy a little bit when she was like clearly taking her mic off and she was like um you know kind of got Wendy I feel a little bit to talk about Mia saying and what did she say Britt? Wendy says we all know Mia's lying about cancer. We all know that. Well, but it's really funny how she is. She goes, "Oh, we all know she's lying." And she's like, "Oh, I'm still mine?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think she loses sleep over that? Do we think she gets in her car and drives out of that dance studio and is like, oops? They never seem to... It's like Groundhog Day every time with them getting those mics off. And and I will say this. When they were talking about Mia in the dance studio, Wendy actually seemed to have the most sympathy and like belief in her. That's what was hit so great. When Wendy was like, oh, yeah, that's a lie. We all know she's lying. <laughs> it was like, whoa, like a total 180. Uh-huh. Like it was, yeah, because Wendy did seem like, look, guys, she's obviously going through something. Like, you know, there is that time where you don't know and she's like, and then to just have cold as ice, like I was in shock. Shock. And what was Mia doing? Are are we thinking that Mia's, if, if we follow down this path that Mia's lying, okay, is it like, what is it? Is it her being like, oh, I might have cancer. I'm getting a little like kind of, sick thrill from this or I want some attention or what is it? I think it's that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Simply simply said. Moving on. (laughs) Okay. No, I think that, I think it's like, you know, we have to take some stuff out and she went straight to the internet about it with no real understanding. Again, as I have said on this podcast before, I've been in that situation where it's like, we found a lump and you are like terrified. You know what I mean? You're like, fuck, this is the end. I'm freaking out. But I, as Karen Huber said so beautifully, take it to Jesus. (laughs) Take it to the gods. Take it to Jesus. Don't take it to Instagram. Those are great words. Yeah, it's like, this is not, you know, like, wait until Mm -hmm. you know to to know. (laughs) And then she clearly kind of felt stupid or something and was like, let me try to wind this back in half steps and half measures that don't make any sense. Yeah, and then they were like, so now you know but you didn't take that to the internet. She was like, yeah. Well, she's like, like, like right. so where, where are we in this process? She's like, I've been busy the last two weeks, I think is what she's, <laughs> it's been a busy two weeks, which I liked. I Knowing like, I didn't have cancer, it's been very busy. Yeah, so I didn't get, get to get back to the people who were worried about me on the internet. That I asked for prayers from. Um, 
Mm. Why does Giselle call Wendy fake booty Wendy? (laughs) (laughs) It's so just like, and fake booty Wendy was there. (laughs) And (laughs) it really makes me laugh. Now, speaking of Mia, again, when Mia, the editors are so funny and so shady because Mia was like, I felt very uncomfortable at the party because Chris couldn't keep his eyes off of me. (laughs) (laughs) And they cut to Chris not looking anywhere at her. Nowhere near. Back (laughs) Not even, like, not even, uh, like, and again, who knows? This is the editor's choice. But it was a funny thing of, like, really? Like, (laughs) just. Anyway, I thought that was Nowhere near. Not, Nowhere near. Mm-mm. Not a sight. Not a look. Ashley is a bummer. Mm, mm. You're absolutely right. <laughs> when she said her finances, <laughs> she can't let her finances bog her down. I was like, oh, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is tough to watch. <laughs> I wish I didn't let my finances bog me down. Yeah. I wish I had that sort of like... My finances are not going to put me in a bad mood. <laughs> it had twinklings of like Whitney Wild Rose when they're like, she's like, I've mortgaged our entire everything to rebrand. <laughs> like it was a little like, oh no. It definitely feels like when I use PSLEX to enter an airplane. Um, but I, I've i never let my finances get me down and in fact will be bankrupt and falling down the street in a bathrobe in one day. But I agree. It's like, there's so many things, and I don't say this to be mean in Ashley's life that should be getting her down. Yes. And that I applaud her, honestly. But yeah. But that's... because I see the writing on the wall, it's tough. It's tough. It's kind of like Chris Jenner's hip this season. Not to totally. No, please, let's go there. First of all, <laughs> here's what I want to say to producers who, who filmed that hip surgery. Blech. <laughs> disgusting. How dare you? I screamed. It was like worse than smile. It was the most disturbing. <laughs> the sounds of the <laughs> bones breaking. They played it for 20 minutes, right, bro? I had to fast forward. It was like fast forward uh, so her. Did I yeah. eventually, but I, I covered my eyes. You know, you can only, sometimes if you're not, like I would still see like glimpses <laughs> of like a hip being broken out the side of my eye. Because I didn't want to min- went I did not want to miss a minute of Kim, but because she was kind of observing and I thought she'd maybe get in there at some point, but... <laughs> <laughs> If anyone could could transition seamlessly to surgeon. <laughs> She's just putting her scrubs on. It would look like Balenciaga anyway, and she'd just hop right in there. Hop right in and get a little like it's the right shade yeah, of blue. Scalpel. You're so right. Like I can see her being like, if I want my mom's hip surgery done right. I got to do it. I got to do it. I could also see her going to like, you know, she took like the baby bar, like the baby M cats or something. You know what I mean? Like I could do this. Like I could do a a part-time. Like a round or two. Like, you know what I mean? Whatever. And just walking by with a stethoscope on now (laughs) and these outfits, like, oh, that's so funny, Britt. (laughs) Um, One more observation about the Kardashians, just why we're here. And I want everyone to realize this. So for Kim's birthday, Chloe posted like a nine-page ode to her that was so gushing. And I know Chloe does that a lot, but mark my words, they hate Courtney now. And now I've always hated Courtney. We know that, but I have different feelings on that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Courtney posted just like those old photos we've seen of the family forever, you know, from when they're little. It's like, get some new ones, you know. No, I'm kidding. But it was very, it didn't even say happy birthday, Kim. She just posted them. 
And next week, we're going to see when Courtney went to Vegas and shot the wedding without the camera crew there. And that impacts her sisters. And I just think they are done with her in a wow. kind of Kathy Kyle way to bring it back to this program. Wow. Wow. I mean, she's she's basically in the witness protection program this season. Like, she's not been on. So that would make sense. Hiding away with that ghoul. She's in love. Let her be in love. She's been through it with Scott Disick. Why can't she be in love? I don't consider her having gone through anything to be with Scott. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he put up with a lot. And so a did boring, she. sour, a sour puss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back into housewives because we cannot, we're never going to meet in the middle. And you've watched okay, a lot. Okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so so I just maybe like we that. all can agree Kylie's fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And Kendall's a drag. Okay, let's, Kendall, get some therapy and get off my screen till you've worked it out, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> Happy to go with you there. Sorry, Danielle. Let's continue. Yeah. One more thing about Potomac is that, Wendy, no more businesses. It is causing you a stress, amount of stress. You have three young kids. You are have 10 businesses. I don't need you to invest in a bar for kids. Like, I just need you to... Stay it like it's too much for you, and I'm upset by it. And I admire the hell out of it, and yes. the, and you know, but I, I mean, her hair's falling out. Like I the know. doctor is saying, your cortisone is like through the roof. Cortisol, cortisol. Yes, <laughs> number one. And even Wendy herself is like, I can't do anymore. She's like, but I will open a theme park. <laughs> and also, she's gonna do it with Peter Thomas, who's like, you have to put in eighty percent. And she's like, no, Peter's gonna be running it all. I do not trust Peter Thomas. We've seen him like have to shutter like twenty bars just exactly. with our own eyes. Exactly. So anyway, that was just I, Wendy. That's please, PSA. please, PSA. Please don't just. Take a minute for yourself, please. Have fun with your big booty and just be, yes. you know. And 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 happy and Ness. Get those guys Get going. Get those gals out. Yes. I just have to add, there was one moment where Robin ate a tortilla chip that I would like to call out where it like missed her mouth <laughs> three different times. <laughs> and it brought me such comfort. And um, I want your listeners to know that. Yeah. I so appreciate that because there's always Thank a house up on each franchise that's like, fuck it, I'm going to eat on camera. I don't care. And it is rough. It's, it's always appreciated. Always appreciated. A crab quesadilla. Like, I, it's like, oh, wow. I was like, why is there so much seafood? And then I was like, oh, we're in Maryland. Everything's crab. You know what I mean? Like, because I was just like, you know, it was like seafood nachos, seafood quesadilla. Like, why are we always, because I don't love seafood. So I'm very, um, I'm very like turned off by it. And so then I realized, oh, we're in Maryland. So that's why. I also love that like her lunch was spoiled, but Candace got the lobster roll in a box. I did appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) That would be me. (laughs) Me too. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with Salt Lake. We're back. Salt Lake. I thought this was a transitional episode. Like, nothing happened, nothing. I was, like, not excited. I was kind of doing other things while watching it. Yeah, I was bored during this episode. Thoughts, Britt? I'm loving the re—I'm loving the return of Angie H. I— I don't recognize Angie H. She's the one that looks like Sarah Paulson. I know. She was in a wild testimonial look. Yeah. Kind of— Yes. Love. Okay, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Two middle class girls drinking martinis, whatever she said. Like it, it's I can't place her voice. Like if I close my eyes, it doesn't it doesn't match the body. Like Well, yeah. only Sarah Paulson could place her voice, and that's a problem. It's like we need I thought to myself, 
would Sarah just do us all a little favor and just literally throw on like a little wig or just like a curl? We don't need like a full rendering, but we need just to do that scene maybe. It would be brilliant. I'm glad she's back. She's stirring up, she's stirring up stuff. No one seems to like her. And for her to have, you're right, have the gall when she said two middle-class girls. I was like, sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) Please. As she referenced like a $70,000 party she threw in that very room. Oh, and I was just going to say also that like, she's the most untrustworthy, like she's so hungry, she's so untrustworthy. And she was like, I would admit it if I said it. It was like, oh, sweetie, no, you wouldn't. We all know. Nobody trusts you. Right. Nobody trusts you at all. My husband has a box. You're like, okay. <laughs> that was, she's like, uh, excuse me, when I'm at a stadium, that's business. It's like, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Like the opposite of, <laughs> as though no one, she was acting as like we were in church and I wouldn't say that. It's like, no one I'm sure could hear you. Like, do you think Heather heard? I think Heather would admit it if she had heard it. Like, I, there's no reason for her not to admit it. Yeah, she so, could have just been like, I heard, but honestly, it, it was so base. I didn't hear yeah. something. I don't know why Whitney is like, you don't know what your friend heard. Or maybe she was drunk and doesn't remember it. Like, I don't understand why. Yeah, Heather doesn't feel like she has like a horse in that game to me. What do you think, Britt? No, I think she reacted so crazily in wherever we were, Scottsdale. And like, I feel like that was from a place of truth. That didn't feel like I'm covering something up. That felt like I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Yes. I would like to say that I'm attracted to Lisa's brother. That is all. (laughs) (laughs) I like that she's bringing the family in for the sympathy card, though. I like that whoever gave her that tip was like, you're loathed. We know nothing about you. You live in a WeWork. Please explain where you're from. (laughs) (laughs) You live in a WeWork. (laughs) That is the greatest comment ever about her house. My God. I mean, they all kind of do. They all do. From above, it almost looks like it almost looks like Jim Henson or it's like when they do the aerial of Whitney's neighborhood, it's it's like, <laughs> is this a Playmobil set? Like, is this <laughs> the only house that has ever looked lived in in Salt Lake City was Mary Cosby's house? And everybody, it looked like everybody in and Salt that was Lake City like, lived, lived in Mary in. Cosby's we, house. we can't find a middle ground. And not to bring yeah. it back to my metaverse, but like she's prime for who I need back. Yes. <laughs> Wandering, even just in the background, different outfits, like she keeps crossing. Charlinda, I need them all. Yeah, Charlinda. We need Charlinda. <laughs> You're right, because it's like, it doesn't need to be all or nothing. You're absolutely right. Even if we get one testimonial out of you all year, great. Great. We should be so lucky. Thank you. And also, I think we could have people on, like, we if someone is being too much and we don't want them, we just turn off their mics. You know, like there's ways to work around it. You're right. It's very simple, actually. Well, I liked how they turned off the mics for all but Erica during the reunion when she went to reach for the tissue and it was like ASMR. Did you guys catch that? (laughs) (laughs) It was literally just like you heard the hand touch the tissue. You heard the tissue like blot her eyes. You heard her fake nails make contact. Like it was very soothing. You heard, like, the bedazzled shimmers and the blue cut yeah, like <laughs> over her breast, like, clank. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to say one thing about Whitney. It's just, like, I've been in fights with friends where you know you're wrong and then you're grasping. It's almost like when you're younger, you do that stuff where you're kind of like, no, I, I, I was mad because... um 
my uncle had called me that day. Like, it's just <laughs> wild what she's trying to connect these dots with Whitney and Heather. She's like, Heather knows I was voiceless. Even her husband's look on his face was like, he's trying to connect these dots. To listen to Whitney cry, like, into the mic, like, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I can't with this one. Like, this I is... also can't hear her say the phrase, Helling journey. <laughs> my helling. I've been on my helling journey. Do we think she gets I L L. Do we think she's getting her helling for free because they come on the show? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I also was disturbed when Justin uttered that, you know, you've only we've only known about this for three days. And she's now back from the trip. So <laughs> <laughs> she had told him these horrible things, left immediately for Scottsdale, filmed this trip. And now is being filmed on her return. It's like all of this should be handled with such care. And then in testimonial, <laughs> she was like, after this conversation with my siblings, like, I'm good to move on. Yeah. It's very teal swanee, very, again, please, if you're listening, I, I don't want to hear about it. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying it wasn't traumatic. It's just something is off, which I don't know that we're expecting it to be on, given someone who's had a traumatic childhood, but there's just something off. And I did think it was wrong when Heather at dinner was like, you're making it all about you. I didn't agree with that. I thought like Whitney was just kind of like sharing what was going on. Yeah, I agree. It was a lot to share. Sure. But. Mm -hmm. Well, there's so many elephants in the room. What else are you going to talk about? Like in any time they open their mouths, they're like, well, Jen's going away to prison in 50 years. Want another margarita? (laughs) It's like, oh. She's like, Jen's never going to see her kids again. Okay. She'll probably die in there. Have some respect. Also, the celebration of, like, the trial's been postponed. It's like, <laughs> And that's where Whitney won me back, where she's like, er, they're actually gathering witnesses. This is a lot worse. Why are we all celebrating? <laughs> she was like, <laughs> She's like, that means they don't got nothing. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 sweetie. No, no. And to see, Jen, to see Jen out of Salt Lake City in New York in a tracksuit on a street was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> You leave? I feel like she had also, like, I felt like one camera followed her to New York. Or, like, she, they were like, oh, can I, she, like, filmed it herself. And she's like, can you put this in? Like, it didn't feel like. They called, like, an equinox that she'd been, like, walking by. And they just, like, can we have your out, like, your Nest Cam out front? It felt very. (laughs) Or I even thought to myself, are they shooting this, like, when, how they shot, you know, Surrey County in, you know, Mm. in Potomac? Like, is this. Salt Lake for New York. You know what I mean? Like, is this, like, they're just, like, they they didn't really show us a ton. They just showed us, like, the side of a church or, like, a building. I was like, this could be Grace Church or this just could be some church in Salt Lake. And we're just, like, pretending she's in Salt, uh, in New York City. I don't know. That was a thought I had. I think that you could be right on. It was, uh, what draws me to this franchise is maybe more than the rest, if I'm honest, is, like, where in 2022 is there this much religion at the tip of the tongue, right? And it feels like a William Inge play. Like, you know, in like all, in like picnic, right? Like when it's like, mm-hmm. it's always the train. You always hear the train in the distance, which is like a symbol <laughs> of like, I could get out. What yes. what I like about Salt Lake City is it, Chicobian, yeah. it feels like they're not getting out. It's like when Lisa Barla is telling you, like, she basically hates snow and skiing and everything. And she's a beach person, but... She's not getting out. She's stuck in Salt Lake City. Like, And then you just hear the like ding dong ding, dong yeah. of the Mormon church. <laughs> and they're trapped. So then to see Jen out of that was like, oh, whoa. This is also to me, the, I think Salt Lake is where Bravo spends the least amount of money. 
Like, I don't think that they're spending the money that they're spending on, like, Atlanta, New York, Beverly Hills. Like, it feels like we're always on, like, a sprinter van. We're, we're, we're always going, like, we're never on a private plane. They did, well, like, they did point out, Danielle, of course, Jen can't leave the 50. But let's go to Hawaii. Like, let's, I don't think right. they went to New York. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Bravo spent the money, even though Bravo is headquartered, basically, in New York City. They're like, we're not going to spend that money. Yeah, like, Andy could have gone down with a camera, like, yeah, been there like, in five minutes. I don't think that Bravo is spending the money on Salt Lake City. Here's what I wanted to see when Jen was there and what I want to see in the trial. And if I don't see it, I am going to be a bit upset, which is like, I don't care if they're not filming when she goes in there. Like, they need to send a crew because... I've been watching The Vow season two and the way they're covering that courthouse, those comings and going. Mm-hmm. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Ooh. Take notes. Ooh, yes, yeah, take notes. Yes, please. I don't know. I was pretty bored. I need them to have more people. I don't care about the yeah. skiing. I'm just like, I don't know. It's not doing it for me. Charles Rogers, who was a guest, I think really said it best, which is like, in terms of just storytelling and natural progression, third, this should have been taking place in a courtroom. Yeah. Like this season, we should just be in the courtroom with Jen. And so to be in Salt Lake, it just feels like, I don't know, like there's action, but we're not a part of it. Right. Yeah. We're on the precipice. It's always just about to happen. You know what I mean? But like, we're not. Like when it was postponed, I was like, what about us? You know, <laughs> I was like, you might need to gather more evidence. But now there's not going to be a trial. There's just but you want Bravo needs to gather more ratings. <laughs> but there's not going to be a trial anymore. There's just going to be a sentencing. Uh, I'm so. actually scared for that day. I don't know. I have such mixed feelings. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be. But she seems, she seems really light. <laughs> I don't know. Footloose and fancy. She doesn't <laughs> seem to be bothered. I, I no. applaud her. Her her way that she can separate her brain like that because I would be vomiting on the screen every minute. Well, also so. just like <laughs> laughing through her sort of remote couples therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so dark. Yeah, Daniel, you're right. If I was like about to be sentenced and I went up that slope, I would be just my pants shitting my pants all the way down. Like, in every moment, losing control of my yes, faculties. Yes, me too. Like, not even able to lift my head off a pillow. And she's and like she's coming like, out with Maracas right. for the bunny hill. <laughs> what is happening? But that's what makes her perfect. It's what makes it all so perfect. Uh, Britt, thank you for being here. Yes. You were just a wonderful guest. You've given Bravo, I think, some serious food for thought. And I think you need to pop on over to those offices and start pitching some ideas. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It was a treat. You really, really opened my eyes today, and I thank you for that. We, I, I feel f- fresh, new, looking at everything as a Where's Waldo poster. <laughs> and Danielle and I will look forward to our spread for the Young Hollywood issue, and we're fine to be on like the inside flap because I know they pulled yeah, it out. Yeah, we're yeah, not. Yeah, I'm yeah. not looking to be the front. You know, good with the back. We can't promise panels, so yeah, you'll yeah, we'll see and you there. I thought that. Whatever press in this kind of like, I mean, I I know this is a quid pro quo. Did I say that correct? (laughs) Quid pro quo? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Let me get it right. Quid pro quo? Yes. (laughs) That third one. Um, So, you know, we will be in the magazine, on the magazine. Probably like a big spread. Yeah, I assume. So, so, like, we'll get those dates, put it in my iCal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just reach out. 
And you wrote a great piece on Dakota Johnson recently that I read. Thanks, I did. You're writing great pieces. Thank you very much. It was my first cover story, so. It was amazing. (gasps) Congratulations. And we are your second and third, and I'm really excited. (laughs) Fourth, fifth, sixth. Rit, you're the best. Thank you for being here. Where can we follow you? Obviously, we all... Love the magazine. Follow the magazine. It comes out every month, first week. And uh, check out, you know, the Vanities Opener. And I do have an Instagram, but it's it's not public. It's not, It's you don't want to follow along. So. so don't bother. You won't get there. <laughs> I would like to also beg you to talk to Vanity Fair. Please don't turn into a digital mag. I need you in paper. I need you on a plane. Thank I need you. you in my hands. You are a Bible. please. Please, I know everything's online now, but please don't go online. That's my big, my bag. I'll take please. that to the boss. <laughs> take it all the way up, all the way to Jones. Thank you so much, Britt. I appreciate you being here. You were the best. Thank you. And you thought the podcast was done, but it's not. No, we're never done. Never. never. There's always more work to be done. In this cruel, horrible world. Danielle, we have before us, we are going to do a tiny, teeny, tiny little segment about something important and fun. Mm-hmm. Some would say more important than the housewives. Up to you. Some would say. <laughs> no, <laughs> we would say. We have before me a friend of mine who I have been working with. She has the most incredible organization. Uh, she has run for office herself and has devoted her life, Danielle, mm-hmm. to helping other women, specifically moms, get into office, become candidates up and down the ballot. As we know, Danielle, being a mom is so challenging. And to even do anything outside of our full-time jobs, our childcare, there's just so much going on. And so a lot of moms end up not running for office. And how do we make real change, Danielle? We get moms in office. It's true, especially because if you ask me personally, just because I am a mother, moms get shit done. You know, we multitask, we organize, we can do a million things at once, but sometimes we need a little bit of help. That's why we see so many men running for office and not as many women because we don't have an organization set up to help us, but now we do. Now we do. And here she is. She is the founder. She is, I don't like when women say a badass boss bitch. It makes me want to throw up. But damn it, if she's not those things, she is. <laughs> Please welcome the founder of Vote Mama, Luba Gretchen Shirley. Hi, Luba. Hello. Thank you for having me. So happy to have you. We did an event with you that I think raised some really great money because our listeners have been so generous and uh, interviewed a candidate of yours that you are kind of helping. Tell us about your organization, though, because I want everybody to hear about this. Yes. Um, so I, I launched Vote Mama, our PAC side first, um, about three and a half years ago to support Democratic moms running from school board to Senate. I ran for Congress when my children were just one and three and immediately realized why there are not more moms in Congress. There are more millionaires in Congress than moms. And there are all of these barriers that you don't even realize until you go through the experience yourself. And people don't take you as seriously. When you run with small children, they just immediately discredit you. They don't think that you have the time to do it. And the reality is, and you know, Danielle, you were just saying, you want something done, you give it to a busy mom. We understand these issues because we live them every day and our policies are failing women and kids across the country. So I launched Vote Mama to help elect incredible, incredible moms across the country so we have that experience. About a year after I launched the PAC, I launched Vote Mama Foundation because if you're not actually breaking down the cultural and the structural barriers, if you're not tackling things like 
the ability to use campaign funds for childcare or things like virtual voting or virtual committee hearings or just the schedule and the traveling schedule and all of these structural issues that you don't think of. It's it's difficult to even convince a mom to step up and run. So on our foundation side, we're doing all of this legislation around structural barriers to make it easier for moms to run. And we're putting out research. We literally just did a research project. A report came out last week called State of Motherhood that showed there's only 5% of our state legislatures are moms with children under 18. It's no wonder why we are the most dangerous place to give birth in the industrialized world, because we don't have people who've actually had that experience in office passing laws. And we just launched Vote on the Lobby, which is what we're here today to talk about, Yay! which I'm so excited. It's actually, we launched it. It'll be a month on Saturday. And this is this is the membership arm of our organization. This is what I would have wanted when I was running for office. This is how we help everyday moms build their political power, get involved, understand how to support candidates, how to get involved, how to work with us to pass legislation. Such as our audience listening right now. Exactly. Yes. This is this is where it gets fun. This is where you guys get to get involved. So tell us about the app and what kind of, if someone's just listening to this and they're saying, because you even said it to me so beautifully, which is like a lot of us really want to help. And yes, we're busy and yes, this, but, but sometimes there's an overwhelm of like, okay, I can give this $20 to here, but what could I do that's just, you know, frankly, like a small step towards helping that then could lead to something bigger or could just be that right now, you know, just yeah. direct me a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I, from personal experience, I I always knew our policies were terrible, but by the time I realized how bad I was drowning, I was struggling to try to find childcare. I didn't have paid family leave. I was trying to survive new motherhood and I didn't have the time to go out and fight for systemic change. And frankly, I've heard that from so many moms. So Vote Mama Lobby, the app that we created is, it gives you the ability to do what you can do in between school drop-offs while you're nursing, while you're out walking your children in the stroller, while you're at the grocery store. It's bite-sized pieces of political activism. If you want to get involved and support a candidate, we'll give you ways that you can do that with your kids in tow. If you want to work with us to pass legislation, if you want to work specifically on childcare legislation or paid family leave, we'll give you ways that you can do that. And it's fun. It gives you a place to connect to other moms and frankly, dads, allies, people who don't have children. You don't have to be a mom to join, but it's designed for busy moms. And it gives you ways to connect with other people who care about these issues, who are passionate and who want to make a difference. And it helps our candidates connect to each other. I will tell you, as a mom running for office, it's it's lonely. You don't know other people who are in that position and you need to talk sometimes just about how difficult it is. And it gives you the place to connect with other moms who are running. It gives you the place to connect with mentors. So you can ask questions directly of people on the app. It's it's so much fun. It's only a month old and I'm loving every second of it. I love this, Luba. And I also have to say that I just downloaded it and it's so user-friendly as our podcast can attest. I'm not the most tech-savvy oh, lady that they Don't say that about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm no, not going to lie anymore. Lie I can't. I can't hide it. Um, but I want to say it's so user-friendly for someone like me. I just went in. I got in immediately. I already found places that I want to connect. Your slogan should be if Danielle can do it. Yes. <laughs> well, Danielle just got a new computer for the first time in nine years. So, yeah, I, so I'm you know. even more tech savvy than you are. <laughs> Which That's is not right. saying a lot. <laughs> you know where I'm at. And it was so user-friendly, so easy to download. Connected me immediately. Connected me immediately to people I could invite. Also to people that I 
would want to talk to, to organizations that I want to maybe throw a little money or support behind. Like, it's so easy, so user-friendly. You should have seen me on a different app, not going to mention it, uh, this morning where I was screaming and throwing my phone. This did not have that effect. Luba, where can people find and download this app and become a part of the political process despite their already hectic, busy lives with all the demands on women? I know a lot of us still want to do more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, when I was running, I had, I had two small babies. My mom was teaching at the time and I only had part-time childcare. She'd come home and watch the kids at 3.30, but I had two babies on the campaign trail. And I put a request into the Federal Election Commission and I asked if I could use some of the money that I was raising for my campaign on childcare. And everyone said it was political suicide. They said, you are crazy, don't do this. And then Hillary Clinton and 25 members of Congress all ended up supporting it. It was a bipartisan, unanimous decision. And that ruling changed the way that federal candidates run for office. But we now actually have to go state by state to get this approved at the state level for state and local candidates. So we've been doing that. And Vote Mama has now, because of the work and because of all of our connections with legislators across the country, we've gotten 26 states to approve the use of campaign funds for childcare. So we're more than halfway there. Good for you. It's about passing the legislation, but then normalizing what it looks like so that people feel comfortable doing this. We've now seen the majority of people using their campaign funds for childcare are moms, but there are dads who are using it. They're dads, they're Democrats, they're Republicans. Which is wonderful. Everyone should be using it. Everyone should. It levels the playing field and it has the ability to completely transform the political landscape. You're the best. I'm so proud of you. I'm so inspired by you. I love working with you. I am on the board now of this new initiative of of the uh, with the app, along with Busy Phillips, and many, many, many decorated gals. I gotta say <laughs> that you've gotten. We have a lot. I'm very excited. Um, we've we're launching. We've built this creative council. We have people like you and Busy and. Jody Sweeten joined recently, Alana Glazer, Michelle Williams, Jason Biggs. We do have some men on there as well, which is exciting. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Emily Favreau, Aaron Gloria Ryan. I mean, it's it's a bunch of incredible, incredible people who just want to who want to who want to make a change. You're trying to make change in such a like great way, which is like in the beginning, we all just like just it's too in some I don't want to say too late to just be like, well, I guess I'll vote for that person. It's like, but you're really ensuring that we bring women into the political process that we think will make choices and give us candidates to vote for that we feel good about to actually do something. So I'm I'm so impressed and thank you for everything you do. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. It's honestly, it's overwhelming. We all know that. We know how overwhelming it is to figure out who is running, who's running in your district, what you can do. There's so much that goes into a campaign and we need to give people an easy way to get involved, to give the power back to the people and not the political bosses and not have women wait their turn. So often when a woman decides to run for office, their local party will say, will say, it's not your turn. You know, this person has been tapped. This person has been waiting. Yet we need people who are ready to run because they care about the issues. And if you have a whole incredible team of moms across the country who are willing to work with you and help you, that makes a massive difference to every single woman who steps up to run. I love this. Where can people uh, sign up for this app? Please text lobby to 74121. So that's lobby, and then you just text it to 74121. 74121. 74121. I sang that so many times the first day. So I was just like, it's going to stick in my head. Um, You can also just go directly to the app store and search about mama, which is what Danielle did. Uh, That's what I did. (laughs) It was really easy. (laughs) 
No, I can't be trusted with numbers. Luba, Gretchen, Shirley, thank you for coming to Bitch Sesh and thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. So appreciated. 